It's showtime. Is old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How are ya? I hope all is well. And here we go. 2022. My goodness. We've arrived in the future. It's pretty underwhelming, right? Like, if you look back at, uh, you know, older movies, they make it seem like when we hit 2000, there'll be flying cars and jetpacks. We're a full 22 years after that. Not a single flying car nor jetpack anywhere in the horizon. I legit at one point in my life was like, I feel like driving is very, very dangerous. And apparently there's a stereotype that Asian people are bad drivers, which has to be bullshit because all the Asian people I know are incredible drivers. That statistic has to be skewed. It has to be like, it had to be a bunch of Asian women drivers, but these guys were okay with being racist, but they drew the line at sexist, so they're like, oh, it was just Asian people. But in actuality, it was a bunch of Asian broads with really thick glasses. You know the type. I've seen these ones. I'm like, lady, did you, like, did your parents not love you because you're a girl? They just weren't ruthless enough to slice your throat from ear to ear and throw you into the gutter when you were uh, an infant over in old China. So you spent your whole life trying to better yourself by studying really hard and staying up late, burning the candle at both ends and reading textbooks like it were a riveting Harry Potter or something like that? Or is it because... You're a girl from China, and your parents are like, we're not feeding you properly. You're going to be a malnourished baby. Girl, you're a waste of space. Are one of those reasons the reason why you have glasses that look like you could see into space with them? Is that why you're wearing the Hubble telescope on your face? Is that why you've given Asian drivers a bad name? Because... You see, basically, as well as Magoo? Why, that says go. No, Magoo, that's a mime holding up a sign that says no! But I wasn't about to fall victim to this horse shit. I wasn't about to become part of the the stereotype. I was not going to be a statistic. I was like, I'm wilier than the average Joe. This was during a time I used to lie to myself. I'm pretty sure the next thought that entered my mind was, someday I'm going to meet Kristen Crook and we're going to hit it off and we're going to be best friends forever. She's going to bring her boyfriend to dinner, me, her, that lucky son of a bitch, and Hilary Duff, who will be my wife at the time, are going to have a wonderful good time at the most expensive restaurant in the city, but it will mean nothing for me because I'll be making $20 million per movie. Little did I know, realistically... 
Yeah, sure. Kristen might be at that uh, restaurant with a couple of her friends who make millions of dollars, but I'll definitely not notice because I'll be in the back washing dishes. Guys, isn't this pretty archaic that I'm doing these by hand? Especially out of this little plastic tub and all the shit just piled in there together. I don't feel like these are clean at all. And they're like, hey, shut up, Pepe. We pay you to be our lackey, not have opinions. And then I zone out and I think back to the time when I'm like, one of these days, I know for sure there's going to be jetpacks. It's going to be like the Rocketeer in real life, baby. I don't have to mess with these scary, dangerous left turns into traffic. Up in the sky, there is no traffic. But once again, little did I realize, even if there were jetpacks, you know that's a rich man's game. There's no, I mean, look at it. Look at what we do have now. We have uh, automated self-driving cars, kind of like it's coming, right? That's within the next few years. They'll have that technology up and going, but it's not going to be readily available. It's going to be reserved for the white and the rich. And probably some fine Chinese gentlemen. I refer to them as such because I fear for my life. You call me ruthless dictator one more time, I swear to God! Like, never mind the self-driving thing. Like, that makes sense. The R&D on that must be, like, ridiculous, so... I expect them to try to recoup their money and then some, right? So, of course, they're going to charge out the ass for it, and only the rich, privileged guys of the world are going to be able to afford that. But even look at self-parking cars, because that's a bitch, right? Parallel parking is such a pain in the ass. Uh, well, parking in general, even, like, going into, like, a parking lot, unless it was pretty damn empty, I was always afraid to do the parking, because I'm, I'm going to hit somebody. I'm going to either be crooked or I'm going to hit somebody. Don't get me wrong, if I hit somebody, I will be crooked. I'll definitely back right out and leave without leaving a note. Listen, don't judge me. It doesn't matter how much whatever damage I did costs. Any cost is too much for me at this point in the game. Have you spent any significant amount of time hovering around the poverty line? Me neither, because I'm well under. Because these past few years, I've kind of given up on life. I basically... I think the end of, like, the hope in my eyes, and I don't even know if there was love in my heart at that point, but, like, hope for a good future for myself pretty much died when uh, my uh, radio, I can't believe I'm going to say this, radio dreams, that seems so pathetic. Who has radio dreams? Who dreams of making, like, $14,000 full time on all the time having to always come up with creative stuff deal with clients deal with bosses deal with colleagues all day long for $14,000 in some small town where maybe it's a good thing you have no money because at least you wouldn't be tempted to be like well I have all this money and nothing to spend it on There's nothing to do in this town. There's nothing ever going on. Literally this morning, I reported on the news that the apple tree in Mrs. Winslow's front yard is yielding apples for the season. How sad of an existence do I lead right now? But man, I was so sure because I was... Even as early as theater school, I was like leagues ahead of everybody else. On radio school, no contest. Like, 
if I was leagues ahead of people in theater school, I was 10 leagues ahead of the people in radio school. So I was so sure I was going to get a gig in radio. And the fact that I didn't, I, I was just like, I just gave up. I'm like, I guess this is it. This is like, life's a bitch and then you die. It's not fair. If it was fair, I'd, I'd have a big city radio job right out of school because there are there's money to be made don't get me wrong like i think the top guys are still pulling in hundreds of thousands if not upwards of a million bucks a year doing that shit but i'm gonna stop myself right there because i'm starting to sound like one of those guys who um are well past their prime and uh talks about their former glories how amazing they used to be i used to be the quarterback and i dated the prom queen now i throw sawdust on Well, don't tie the noose around your neck just yet, man. It could be worse. You could be working at like an Asian place where they don't have the sawdust. Oh, just a little vomit. You pick it up with your hands. What the hell was I even talking about? Oh, yeah, like self-driving cars and stuff. Even the self-parking shit. I don't even know how many cars that's equipped on. Is that like in the market right now? But even if it is, I assume it's... But clearly, it's not in every car. Clearly, it's uh, it's like a premium item. It doesn't come standard. Even the cameras. Not every car even created today has that rear camera where you don't have to like rely on your, your flexibility to be able to get a good look over your shoulder. Man, if you're in horrible shape with a lack of flexibility and mobility... You better make sure you live on a neighborhood where there's not little kids who are, like, riding around their little tricycles and stuff. Because you might have some blood on your hands. Some sweet, innocent, bug-eyed. Got the rest of their life to look forward to blood on your hands. Or at least on your rear bumper. It's a brand new year, but I'm assuming it's just the same old you, right? Because it's certainly the same old Kenny. Year after year. I'm not thrilled about it. But life goes on regardless how happy I am about my circumstances. And sure, an ambitious young fella might be like, well, you can always change it. You can always make moves to better your life. Put yourself in a better situation. I used to think like that. I used to be the young buck that uh, believed if you put in the time, if you worked hard, you're kind, you're a good person, good things will happen to you. Dreams will come true. Bah, humbug. Eventually you realize all, all that is horseshit. So much of it is out of your control. You can be all those things and run into pieces of shit who will take advantage of you uh, for, and take you for everything you're worth. Don't get me wrong, it comes with the territory. I mean, T-Swift back when she was great and not doing whatever the hell she's doing now. Not quite pretentious, but uh, moving into that territory a little bit. Moving into Beyonce territory, are we? Take a step back, lady, and go back to making inspirational, catchy, relatable songs that every so often sprinkle a little bit of genius in there. One of her lyrics in Ours, people throw rocks at things that shine. Absolutely, that's the truth. So it comes with the territory. But why I say luck is involved with operating in that way and still being successful is you have to luck into 
having of running into people who will help you and shield you along the way or at least teach you how to be this way how to make this work by adding some strength probably a few vulgar words and uh, the old fisticuffs into the mix bare minimum have some love in your life Certainly through family, because that's the most important. Maybe through some friendships, but certainly the good old-fashioned type romance. If you can find yourself a girl or guy, or, you know, a guy with boobs and a penis, whatever you're into, it's all good. Because that's such a, a crucial element to life. It can make you overcome a lot of the shit. You can continue to shine Despite people hucking rocks at you when you have that in your life. Like, I have such limited experience dating because almost to the T, every single girl I'm into absolutely does not feel the same way about me, if not are repulsed by me. Because remember the story of Andrea? For some reason, she was into me when I was big, but I didn't understand. Sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes... Girls are damaged and they're into guys who remind them of their fat fathers. And so I didn't know I lucked into uh, into the psychosis, but I got so inspired. I, I was like, knowing that Andrea was into me, but just not realizing all I needed to do was just like ask her out to seal the deal. Uh, instead, I'm like, well, I got to take this to the next level. I got to get into great shape then she'll be really into me that's how it's gonna happen and that year i was talking to andrea i kid you not i lost like 40 pounds most of it in one summer i think i did half of it you know throughout the year and it wasn't even a full year it was like a school year so maybe like eight months or whatever so over like eight months i lost like 20 pounds and then over two months i lost 20 pounds <laughs> So 40 all day, man, like just saying that, I don't think I could even lose 40 for the rest of my life at this point. Gaining 40, that's not even a, a challenge. My goodness, that's just a month of not telling myself, Kenny, you're too fat. Like don't have like your fifth piece of fried chicken for the day. Leave some for the rest of the family. Whereas back then, it took me two months to lose 20 pounds. I have no doubts in my mind. I can put on 40 in the same amount of time. Especially now that I'm out of work again. It's as simple as wake up, eat a shitload of carbohydrates, play video games for like two hours, take a two-hour nap, wake up, have another meal for four for one, play a bunch more video games, and then go to bed for the next 12 hours get up, rinse, and repeat. I just described how I've been spending the last two weeks of my life. I have a scale. I actually have like two or three scales at home. You know, just in case one crumbles under my impressive girth. But I never use it because I'm like, well, I know I didn't do anything for it to go down. But I sure as hell don't want to know how far it's gone up. Were you a damn fool this year and made New Year's resolutions? Have you given up? Or better yet, how long did it take you to give up? One day? Two days? I don't even bother at this point because every time I set out to do something, I just don't do it. So I'm like, well, 
Maybe. And then sometimes, like, when I do get stuff done, it's because I just fluke into it. At some point, I just bounce into it. And I use that term very specifically. Because recently, I talked about this last week, uh, and even maybe the week before. I really have thought about making some changes. And one of those days, I was like, all right, so let me remember what I used to do when I was... Uh, you know, very ambitious, productive, and, uh, you know, athletic and such. How did I do that? I thought about it and I was like, okay, I remember even when I was out of work, I drove towards getting work. I, you know, I took courses, I studied, working towards this professional exam. And when I wasn't doing that, every single weekday, not weekends, I'd only work out five times a week. Uh, every day, uh, I would hop into my dad's car as uh, he was going to work and the gym was along the way so he'd drop me off and every single day I would work out at the same time I'd lift weights for an hour and then there used to be these courses like um like classes fitness classes and then I would go take that for an hour and then I'd go home get back to studying all that type of stuff so I'm like all right so why don't I do this tomorrow morning I will wake up I think gyms are closed, but even if it weren't, I'm not going to a gym, not, especially not during a pandemic. But even if it wasn't, these things are a ripoff. Now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit perhaps wiser, uh, but certainly understand the value of a dollar a bit more. Not that much. I mean, I, I just renewed uh, uh, my PSN and I was like, wait a minute. Why the hell did I do that? I don't want to play with people. And... I never, ever play these free games that comes with it. I'm oh, well, I just wasted like 60 bucks or whatever it was. But certainly a gym membership at this point is out of the question. I remember for like four or five years there, I had a gym membership. The only reason I kept it was because it was so cheap. It was like $30 a month, this one. Um, but it was so out of the way, I had to travel like an hour to get to it. So I never, ever used it. And I had it for like four or five years. Uh, back then, I was like, whatever, it's uh, it's so cheap, 30 bucks a month. It's like, you know, whatever. Like, It's not even like, it'll be at best $400 a year. That's no big deal. And now I look back at $400 a year. You could do stuff with $400 a year, especially over five years. That's like two grand. I could have bought a computer with that two grand. Or gotten like a thousand dances by Miley or 10 from an actual attractive stripper. But that was a cheap gym. Like the gym that I used to work out when like this was going on, like this uh, every single morning, five days a week, I'm lifting weights and working towards being an amazing person and an amazing professional. Great things are ahead. Not realizing that was the beginning of the end. But I'm like, you know what? I live in an apartment building. I could just walk up the stairs and walk into, up and down the stairs because that's what I used to do uh, when, like, you know, during the Andrea age when I didn't have a gym membership. Did a lot of, uh, like, running and uh, using the stairs all the time and just doing whatever I could around the house. And I lost, remember, I lost 40 pounds in one year. So I was like, you know, even if I can get that 20 pounds doing the same shit, I'll be less repugnant and more hopeful that I'll find a, an attractive young lady uh, to do stuff with. Sexually, I mean. So I legitimately planned out my next day. Like, I carved out times and everything. You know, first thing was to work out. 
Then you know,、uh, start looking at ways out of poverty. Then start taking steps. Whatever course I gotta take, do another Kenny Ho show. Cause who knows? I'm not holding my breath at this point. But this could be the way out. You never know. And guess what I did that day? Guess how much of this I accomplished? If you said absolutely none of it, you're a longtime fan. You know how it goes. I woke up the next morning, knowing I was supposed to do a workout, but instead had a bunch of pancakes. Quite the opposite of working out, eating、uh, pancakes with a、uh, plenty of syrup. I tell you that much. And then I was like, "Well, let me look how to get out of poverty." And instead of spending the forty minutes working out, I spent forty minutes making my character in Cyberpunk 2077, and then spent the next three or four hours playing. At this point, I know it's just not going to happen because I know I should be setting out these resolutions or like. Even because I have such a disdain for the concept, not call it a resolution. Just be like, "All right, this is what I need to do." In fact, let's do a segment. Let's do the what I would do if I were to set out and have some New Year's resolutions. First and foremost, has to be the mental health issues, right? I definitely need to lay down on a long chair and have. A thorough conversation about why I'm here. Well, not even a conversation. Realistically, these、uh, con men would definitely bring me back for like a hundred of these at a hundred and fifty dollars a pop. So, suffice it to say, it's not happening. I can't afford、uh, to to get healthier, and because this show strictly relies on how far and how bad things. Go. I can definitely afford to not get healthier and see where this takes me. Second would definitely be go back to school. Maybe not like a full time situation, but part time or just like some kind of course that's like a short term commitment. Not like one of these like、uh, these schools where if you're watching. The price is right, which I have a little bit over the past couple years, and、uh, let's make a deal. That type of stuff, where it's always the same. It's always a black guy that comes on, and he's like, you know, you know, gee, money wasn't tight, but it was, it wasn't, you know, right, you know. So I went to this con man university and did a, a life changing course in six months. Now I'm driving around in a new whip with a bunch of big booty hoes, who I'll impregnate, but not stick around to be the father of. Thank you, Devry. You gave me the confidence to be a scumbag with money. Moments after that commercial airs, the enrollment at the Scarborough location climbed through the roof. But that's the problem, right? Like, if you really want to do this, you should probably go and. Do like a legitimate two-year course somewhere because there are like little upgrade programs and stuff, but there's usually not a quick fix. Like if、uh, if you do go to a shitty place like Devry, they are just going to take your money. Like nobody takes them seriously. Nobody gets hired from because nobody gets hired with a quote-unquote certified document from a Devry type of situation. So you're stuck going to a legitimate college. 
and sucking it up for two more years and then having to do like probably internships and do the shitty hours or like a part-time type of situation until you build those three or four years of experience that they want. And maybe then you can get a full-time position in a job that you really don't want, but you just kind of have to pay the bills. And this was the realistic uh, uh, option. Because I've thought about going back to school and doing production, like uh, film production, like uh, being a cameraman, that type of shit, and operating behind the scenes. Because I think, like, honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if the number was, like, 99% of everybody who's ever graduated theater school uh, is waiting tables, pushing TVs around at either Best Buy or the local Walmart, or they're washed up. But their diction and pronunciation of, would you like fries with that, is so spectacular. They've made a go at working at the Golden Arches. But the people who worked, because there was two programs, well, there were multiple programs that happened out of that building, but only two matter. And that was the theater one and then the theater production one. Uh, Those people... I would say at least half of them got jobs in the industry, if not more than that, and really well-paying jobs. Because I actually used to work with a lady who her husband did that type of stuff. He was like, he had like one of the rare full-time positions at, uh, I think like the ballet place here in Toronto. And he was making bank, like the amount of money they were spending. I think per kid, they were spending like $5,000 a month on special daycare, like it was at least advertised as not one of these daycares where you're just thrown in with uh, the riffraff and your kids just play with like Lego blocks and stuff. This was advertised as, uh, no, we're going to bring your unkempt, filthy spawn from day one into our program, into our program, and groom them to be intellectuals by the time they leave here. In junior kindergarten. But realistically, it was the same shit as the other place, except you're rubbing elbows with snobby babies instead of middle class ones, because ain't no poor ones there. The poor ones get their, their grandmas to take care of their babies while they work three jobs to pay for Jermaine's kid, right? But the only difference between the middle class one and this basically the Harvard of daycare centers is now nah, you're still playing with lego blocks you still get the same juice but we hired this classical actor from england to read shakespeare to them every so often but yeah she was telling me things like yeah i'm pretty jealous right now because uh my husband is surrounded by hot theater babes like even like behind the scenes ones like backstage ones I guess uh, she got introduced to them at some sort of function and she saw the way he interacts with them and uh, it was not sitting well with her. But I don't give a shit about that situation. It's about time they ran into some adversity. I mean, how good has their life been up until this point? They literally have so much money, they're sending their kids to the real-life equivalent of the Xavier Academy for the Gifted. Let this be a lesson to all these racist-ass white girls out there who are only into white guys or, you know, occasionally they stray to stick it to their father again with a black guy. But to all the ones who are into white guys with status, with money, this is what happens. 
when you've lived a life where the rules don't really apply to you, where your lawyer daddy can kind of buy you out of whatever shit you get yourself into, what makes you think that this dude now all of a sudden is going to abide by the rules of marriage? When the laws are a little wishy-washy for them, like, you know, the thing that if they break, they could actually have some serious consequences like being forcibly taken against their will uh, when they drop the soap in the shower. If that doesn't scare them, do you think a divorce from you, meaning no longer having to deal with your middle age, starting a wrinkle, starting a sag, certainly not what he signed up for day one. Do you think that scares him? That's exactly what he wants. Even if you take half, even if he's a damn fool and he didn't sign a prenub, are you forgetting the part about him having a great job where he'll make that money back before you know it and he'll do it while getting to nail some chicks, some of his hot colleagues behind the stage there? My goodness, this guy's living the theater actor's dream. But why I got into all that is because I thought about getting back into that program because those people are making really good money. And apparently... Or at least one of these guys' wives is suspecting that he's getting to juke a bunch of these other girls while he's making that do-re-mi. But what's stopping me at the end of the day is you absolutely need to either live on campus or drive in that program. Because, sure, like the actor's side of things was rough, but because it was a three-year program, it's like they spread out the, the rough in the sense that you know, most nights I could leave by nine o'clock, but these guys have, I think it's a two-year program, so they cram all that shit into two years, so no, they were making up for lost time. These guys would get there before us, and they would leave easily midnight, if not after that, each and every night, so it was, it's not something that I can really see myself undertaking at this point in the game. And it goes back to you got to chase those dreams when the sun is high up in the sky, right? For me, like, it's set a lot. It's not just about being young and pretty and, you know, being less damaged and shit and being innocent or whatever. Because it doesn't always serve you. It's a nice to have, but it doesn't always serve you. But it is the part that I'm kind of, like, moving into at this point in my life, and that is, you do have responsibilities at some point. As back then, I had no responsibilities. Like, I put all my responsibilities onto my family. I didn't miss a single day of school back then, and why I was able to do that is because I didn't have to do anything. I never had to go grocery shopping. I never had to uh, even make my own lunches. My mom would do that for me. Again, never mind laundry, never mind anything. Like, my family took care of all that stuff. Whereas now, I couldn't do that. Like, hey, my family, my parents, uh, they need me. They need me to show up to appointments with them. They need, a, they need me to make calls for them because uh, they're English. They're not as confident in their English as uh, they'd like to be. Or even as I'd like to be. I'm like, you know what? You Your English is not bad. You can make this call. Like, you understand. Like, half the times at these appointments, I'm, like, ready to translate. My mom just, like, but she'll respond to the doctor. I'm like, why am I even here? But they are getting older. They're going to need me at some point. And not just want me there. They'll actually need me there. So, 
if I'm going to make this move, it needs to happen over the next like two years. And a program like this that I would be interested in, A, you know, good money, uh, employment and all that stuff. But B, you know, I'd be in showbiz. Not that that's uh, necessarily a good thing. It could be a good thing. But I don't know. I just feel like I belong in show business, but probably not in this role. I don't. I tried to, even in uh, radio school, I took production, so like the behind the scenes stuff. And my uh, announcer professor was like, Kenny, what are you talking about? You No, you can't take that program. You're meant to be in front of the microphone, not behind the glass, right? not behind the scenes like you will and i was like no it's because i'm not good live he's like kenny you will be good live i will teach you how to be good live i'm like eh. and then i justified it because i had such bad anxiety at the time i was like this was uh like in the heart of uh me dealing with some shit that uh, i had uh gone through prior to that prior to going to school and so i was just not in a good place and i'm like I'm not good live on air, so, and I'm not good with dealing with pressure because I had my first like panic attack during that first year, and it was brought on from going live, and I just didn't want to repeat history, and I just didn't want to go down that road. And I mean, uh, me and my buddy Amber at the time, we both talked about it. I don't know if it was after the fact or before, but certainly we both agreed, well, we can, well, anyone can talk. Like, we've been doing that all the first year, all the assignments and, like, like all the major assignments were built on talking. And she and I were both former actors. So, we're like, well, we both have this training already. We know how to perform. We know how to talk. But the behind-the-scenes stuff, like, to learn that program, you know, it's such a huge asset to have. Uh, even when you go out there, you can go out there and be like, hey, listen, I can be on the air but i can also do my own shit behind the scenes so we both thought it was a good idea neither one of us is working in radio right now is all i'm saying but i think that program would be too crazy anyway because of the hours i was talking about and it's literally six or seven days a week it's not like you know how radio school man those i remember those people but they're all kids i guess they're all like literally in their teens or in their very early 20s Everybody's complaining about the hours. I'm like, are you guys crazy? You have like one or two 8 a.m. courses and you have one or two gen eds in the afternoon. Oh, so you had a six-hour day? Like, you probably had a lunch break, like an hour or two lunch break in between. And you're surrounded by people you actually like. Like, come on, even I'm tougher than that. And when people are giving me a hard time because I didn't have to do the gen eds because I already did uh, all that shit my first stint at Humber, so it all uh, transferred over. I'm like, you guys kidding me? Now, I don't remember if I ever went at them. I'll, I think I was, I took the high road and I was just like, yeah, you know, guys, I, I, I paid my dues. That's it. And I just left it at that. But if I really wanted to go at them, I'm like, are you guys freaking crazy? Like, you guys have one or two 8 a.m.s uh in your four day week i used to have eight a.m's every single day six days a week and six hour day are you kidding me like i used to have 10 to 12 hour days if i was lucky but how often was i there for like 14 hours a day 16 hours a day right and i had to work part-time i somehow found the strength in me to use that one day i had off per week show up to work I remember at one point, 
like I was really sick, but let's. I think we're running pretty long, so I won't get into that story. But I remember school, radio school, being such a breeze. The 8 a.m.s, okay, they kind of sucked because that meant I had to get up like at 6 and maybe even a little before then, maybe even 5.30. But by 11 o'clock, I was done class. And because my buddy Connor was a beauty, he had a car uh, and he drove me home basically every single uh, 8 a.m. class I had because I was on the way. So literally, my day was done at 11.30. And the days that weren't 8 a.m., which is like, two or three days out of the week and the other days i'd show up probably for like 11 or something and be done like at five in the afternoon it was such an easy schedule you know an easy schedule like that maybe i do something like that but the program i'm thinking about is not that and for a second as i'm saying this out loud i'm like well you know i should do it because then i would have access to a bunch of actresses, a bunch of hot actresses, and even the girls who were in that program, like the production side, a lot of them were smoking hot. A lot of them were actually better looking and certainly had better attitudes, you know, better personalities than some of the actresses. I'm like, you know, I could go back and, uh, you know, probably uh, date a couple actresses, but then I thought about it some more. I'm like, do I really want to date an actress? Or at least a wannabe because, yes, I would like to date Kristen Crook. Yes, I would like to date Natalie Portman. I don't give a shit if she's married. Like, he he don't need to know. And I don't know how old the kids are. Maybe they'll catch on that the milkman keeps uh, going up to mommy's room. I don't know how it works. But again, that's for them and their future shrink to deal with, all right? I'm just in it for mine. But do I want to deal with a little annoying, like, 20-something-year-old... Because uh, I guess that would be my line. I, I wouldn't. Because when I was there, the youngest girl that was in that program was a buddy of mine um, who just turned 18. Like, I actually met her when she was 17. Like, we had Frosh uh, when she was 17. And the first day of school, she had turned 18 the day before. So, I would definitely draw the line. I wouldn't go that young. I'd have to try to meet one of the 20-somethings. But then they'd probably be super damaged. Actress girl in theater school in her mid 20s. Yeah, she's, yeah, this is not going down. No way. And if I were to somehow meet a girl, because right now I'm, I'm seriously considering hard. I'm like, should I just like ask people I know? Because I remember, oh, and this is like probably 15, 16 years ago. I remember uh, one of the girls in theater school. She was dating uh, one of my buddies back then. And she's like, Kenny, would you like me to set you up? Because I guess she knew I was lover boy, but not being loved. So she wanted to set me up. And I, at the time I thought about him like, no, there's no honor in that. Let me find, uh, let me meet a girl on my own. I wouldn't even use online. I remember the first time I used, uh, what was it? That paying one, eHarmony. It was like, like a, a huge defeat for me. Whereas now, if you don't use online, you're a dumbass. But back then I'm like, this was the type of person I was, like how headstrong and like competitive I was. I was like, no, this is not the right way to do it. This is like cheating. No, I got to do it like the old-fashioned honorable way. It's like, what a dumbass I was. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't use eHarmony. That's a strictly paid service that has, there is no rhyme or reason why it would work on that. 
as opposed to uh, any number of the free apps. I know back then I was like, well, I'll pay for it. So I only deal with the serious people. It's that's a stupid way of thinking. That just means I'm dealing with more snobby, pretentious people. And even if they are more serious, they could just more seriously not be into you. Because you gotta imagine, those bitches probably have a pre-constructed idea of what their perfect man is. If that's their thinking, oh, I'm only into the serious guys, they're probably only into white, tall, bearded sons of bitches. And if I am going to make this move where I, you know, get set up by people I know, I better make it fast. Because if you think about it logically, you know, if I did this when I was like in my early to mid-20s or whatever, when I was looking absolutely scrumptious and, you know, had a kind heart and stuff, I could foreseeably see, you know, uh, uh, like a pretty damn solid girl being like, oh, yeah, like I'm totally down. You're just... You know, this is not weird. It's just I would have never met you any other way. Whereas now it's like if if someone were to set me up, it's like, you know, we would have never met any other way. And uh, I really would have preferred if that were the path that was presented for me here. Because actually a couple of different buddies of mine, they both said the same thing. And that's where this idea came from. Um, cause I rave about my, uh, my cousins, they're all like sweet, strong, beautiful women. So I do rave about them from time to time. Uh, if they come up in a conversation and a couple of my buddies were like, why don't you just ask them for hookups? Why don't you just ask them to set you up with someone? They're going to have friends, even if it's their friends from work as all of them, for whatever reason to the T, I mean, we're not even Filipino, so this is strange, but they're all nurses. All my cousins are nurses. So they could potentially set me up with, like, some fly-ass nurse bitch and a raging case of the COVID-19 if, uh, if if that girl isn't careful, you know? But I'm not, like, that close with my cousins. Honestly, we were pretty estranged for a few years. Uh, it's only recently they've all come back into my life. So I don't know that I'd feel comfortable in approaching them. But because I have a couple of them on Instagram, I've looked at some of their friends. I'm like, God damn, this girl knows some bad white girls. And even though the long-term plan is still die alone, because, um, I mean, I've, I've committed to that goal at this point. I might as well see it through. But wouldn't it be fun to, to date a few smoking hot bitches before then? The answer is yes, it would be nice, but it's probably not going to happen. But the thought of it, the dream of it, the curiosity of it, lends well to creating episodes of the old Kenny Ho Show. And at this point, I'm committed also to this show, and as far as I'm concerned... If anyone ain't committed to the old Kenny Ho show, they have got to go. All right, that's it. That's a wrap on 340. I'll talk to you next time. The first of 2022. The first of God's willing many to come. Until then, you take care of yourself. Toodles.